Welcome to Behind the Headlines, a podcast by the Bailiwick Express that gives the team an opportunity to talk about the stories they worked on in the past week. My name is Matthew Leach. I'll be joined by Kit Hanna, Nick Mann and Laura Clayton for a candid discussion about the recently released COVID report, the upcoming Education v Health debate and a goat race in the UK. Uh, Welcome everybody again to this week's episode of, um, I don't think we've decided a name for this yet. Do we have any Behind the headlines. Behind the headlines. How could I forget that straight away? (laughs) Welcome everybody. It's been one week and it's gone by so quick. It's been such a busy week that I forgot. It's actually only four working days. I know. We had a bank holiday on Monday. Um, All right. Well, we'll do that one again. Welcome everybody. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to this week's episode of Behind the Headlines where the Bailiwick Express team sits down to have a conversation about the stories they've been working on the stories that they thought were interesting took their attention during the week and um, we see how we felt about the kind of work that we did Um, so the kind of rough this is a very rough format but I think that's part of the charm last week was that we went around and we kind of picked a topic that we've been working on or not necessarily working on in this case something that maybe uh, got our got our attention so last week we started with Kit I think Nick now is at the beginning of the circle. Oh, so, yes. I mean, what do you think got your attention this week? What got you thinking about what we wrote about, I suppose? I tell you, what really got my attention was the COVID report. Yes, okay. Um, for not the right reasons? For not the right reasons, I think, <laughs> genuinely. Um, in an exercise in patting yourself on the back. Yeah. For a jolly good job well done. Mm-hmm. Um, it just strikes me that it's not necessarily asked the right questions or dive deep enough into all the issues that have been out there. I throw that open and see what other people think. Uh, yeah, I think it was. I mean, this was always going to be the criticism of it when it finally came out, because of course it was published earlier this week. It's a massive document, but yeah. it is kind of just a. It's just a walkthrough of what happened. It doesn't feel particularly critical. No, it asks the right questions to get the answers that they wanted yeah yeah which which is sort of inevitable you do an internal Mm. review and you set the terms of reference to be so soft yeah um yeah it it doesn't feel like a very critical deep dive into decision making from what i've seen of it and i have i've not read all of it because as you said it is quite a bulky report yeah i mean it seems quite fair i mean it does seem on the face of it that guernsey the government public health did handle everything very well but it's it's the little issues that become the bigger issues and obviously there's one issue that was um criticized the gatland gatland gate are we calling it or gatland affair they all got a gate at the end yeah. there was yeah, yeah. what's a sandwich what's not a sandwich um, <laughs> i for me raises <laughs> questions about did anything else happen that actually we don't know about because we wouldn't have known about that if people hadn't kept pushing no. and asking about it. So. But the alternative would have been, I suppose, the argument which came up in the States when this was first pitched, the argument was to have an independent review and that would cost a lot of money, which is what Jersey's review did yeah. cost. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know what the figures were for how much that cost in the end, but that was quite a lot of money. Yeah. So this would have saved us money. I guess the argument is, do we, do we, do we need to look backwards on it? Should we be doing well, that? Well, what was the value of the public funding towards COVID? And I appreciate it needed to happen. Yeah. But then, so if we think about it in those terms, if we think about it in terms of 
decision-making, trust in the decision-making process, um, democratic decision-making, communications. There's, there's an awful lot going on yeah. at so many levels and, and the role of public health. Um, it's a massive, massive topic. Um, yeah. And preparedness. As and well. it will happen again. Yeah. We will have to face something like this again, almost okay. certainly. Another uh, pandemic. Yes. In our lifetimes. Yes, okay. I think so. Do not think so. I'm not convinced, but... Not in the same, not at the same level? No, or, or I mean, at all? No, I, I don't think so. I mean, but <laughs> the beauty or the, uh, the scariest thing with COVID <laughs> was that we weren't expecting it. Yeah. So, yeah. Who knows? We'll see. We'll have this conversation in a few decades. <laughs> yeah, when this, ha- when this may or may we'll not happen again. And we'll say, oh, look, I was, I was furiously trying to find something that, um, that The Guardian's done today, and they, they've had a quick look at the different approaches to inquiries in different jurisdictions. Mm. Obviously, very much in the news with Boris Johnson and his WhatsApp messages. Yeah. yeah. Oh, hang on a minute. What, what messages were being passed around our decision makers yeah. that weren't through official channels? We don't know. Um, and we never will and this, will, this, this wouldn't find out, would it? This would no. never tell us. Um, but they've been looking at what's happened in France, what's happened in Sweden. And yeah. It's, it's interesting in different approaches. But it, was a hard, um, it was a hard report to turn around into, because when these reports come out, we often want to turn them around into a news story or inform the public. And it was difficult to try and understand what we were informing the public of in this particular instance. And um, I suppose they made these recommendations towards the end of the document. Yes. One of which is maybe we should think of a different alternative to the CCA. But who's going to undertake that work? Probably no one. Uh, the idea is for the states to kind of take along these recommendations as a, as a, as a feeling really? or something for <laughs> yeah. next time. It's really not clear. Um, so it was a bit of a, it was an odd one, but I think it was always, yeah, always going to be an odd one. Because um, you spent a bit of time on it as well. I suppose this kind of dovetails quite easily into into what you were working on this week, which was um, the, the financing, the cash. Where did the cash go? So they reckon it cost about £97 million. It's not a true figure, though. It's not an accurate reflection of what it cost at all because they were planning this from December, January time. It's the period where they've assessed that the cash sort of was dispensed from was March to April, March 2020 to April 2022. Now... Vaccination programs are going on after that. There's undoubtedly testing and sort of self-isolation requirements and uh, reporting and call-ups that you'd have to do if there are people still reporting their natural yeah. flow tests, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But it, uh, and another thing that wasn't incorporated into that big total of nearly 100 million pounds was all the sort of indirect losses to mm-hmm. Orini, the ports, which you know Orini and the ports between them in Albany as well lost about 65 million pounds. So it's probably actually closer to double the amount of money, two hundred million pounds, which are you know I'm not sure exactly what that is is it as a percentage of GDP, but it's huge. And I think as Nick said, when you've got figures this big being spent on it, they may have been spent for all the right reasons. They might have had no other choice with the information on hand, but um, it is a significant amount of money. You know, for the money that they think they spent on the COVID response, they could rebuild the hospital like that, and probably build build another wing. Yeah. So we are going to expand on this because you have, what have you done to take, carry this story onwards? Well, I just wrote down what I had from the report. It was <laughs> light. It was light and detail. I think for all the finances, there was four or five pages yeah. in there with a lot of explanation. And some of it was like, well, this is what the business support scheme was. 
all fair enough and all, 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 all there. But it wasn't really all there. I mean, the, the raw figures were there. Yeah. But we don't know if businesses received these grants appropriately. Uh, we know that I think about £1.8 million pounds was repaid by businesses. Yeah. Um, out of about £60 million that was Please dished give us out. Our money back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so. And you've reached out to deputies for their opinion? I have. Very few have got back to me yet. One of them did, though, and I asked them. It was a current member of the CCA and a former uh, member of the CCA at the time, and I asked them if. You know, the uh, recommendations to change the emergency powers would be, you know, if there's yeah. any quick wins in that, how you might go about that. And they basically said that, um, you know, there's no need to focus on that now. You know, we've got bigger fish to fry. And they were ha- they were satisfied with the response, so they don't see see the need to sort of move at pace with that. This will wash away, won't it? This will wash away. It's, yeah. it's much easier just to park it. Yeah. Isn't it? Park it, yeah. Let's park it. So a big... Put it on a shelf. Rousing round of support for that particular report this week <laughs> no we should you know they did there were elements of it that were you know you have to say fair enough good job and yeah. they were they were dealing with a fa- very fast moving situation so you've got to give them credit for uh when you look at the comparative infection rates and death rates and stuff yeah. it, it it's much better than uh the united kingdom definitely who were flip-flopping with what they were doing and decided to unlock down and then had to very, very quickly introduce a tiered system and then basically... I find it worrying using the UK as a benchmark. It is. When you're a small island community, yeah. you've got all, everything that, that benefits in terms of when you're controlling... Just, yeah, the scale of the size of us is yeah. so much easier comparatively yeah. to control. But at least we don't have evidence of you know ministers sending infected people, care workers, back into care homes, knowing, you know, and then telling the public that they have been tested, they're totally clean, and it turns out they were actually infected with the virus. So, yeah. Well, this, the, the report that we got probably wouldn't have found that out if that had been the case. No. It sounds <laughs> well, like a nice little sort of history. Yeah, almost. Piece, it piece of it's kind of like the, the end. Yeah, like that's what it is. The conclusion yeah. of the COVID chapter. Yeah, yeah. And it's done. But then... Bear in mind, I just said that I don't think we'll have another pandemic like that in in my lifetime. I don't think it's wise for um, any of our CCA members to say, well, let's just park it and we don't need to look at it again. Because actually that's what they, they, they should be doing that. They should be working with it in mind that it might happen again. How can we improve yeah. what we've done already? Yeah. Um, that's not for members of the public to worry about. That is for our government that's their job. and CCA yeah. to worry about. Um, but I still don't think it There'll be yeah. other emergencies, you would think, yeah. well, that would require it. We've done that. Though. We've yeah. sorted that out yeah. yeah. immediately. Never know when you need a boat. <laughs> That's a, that'll be a, that, that will be a callback, though, won't it? Look, the whole COVID situation, if something similar happens, or a multi-year emergency. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and you know, that will be what people call to and reach for when, uh, yeah. if and when things yeah. turn out worse. Um. Did you want to add anything else, Nick, on your inclusion to the conversation about the report? No, I'll leave it at this stage. <laughs> <laughs> He's got it in him somewhere. Yeah. Um, did, you, what did, did you want to pick up on then this week, Kit? I know we just talked about the finances for the COVID report, but was there anything else this week that you particularly enjoyed working on? 
There was, uh, it was b- b- drier this week, in my personal opinion. But, uh, drier than the Privy Council. Drier, no, well, I, uh, yeah, well I, I'm strange and I like that. So that's interesting. I think, you know, I'd slip into Jonathan Latock's job quite, quite happily. But, um, oh, so he needs to watch out. He needs to make more. <laughs> no, that's not. Um, you, got, you, did, you did some conversations about solar power. Well, it was wind power, wind power yeah. Wasn't it? Yeah. so they've had a big company come over who are sort of backed by the Norwegian government, and they're not all, you know, singing, dancing renewables. They supply oil and gas. The UK, you know, they're a, they're an energy company. Um, what I think on their website it says, you know, using natural resources to make energy for communities. So there you go. But um, we've got the electricity strategy coming out next week, which I think is going to be a big one. You know, maybe there might not be a huge public reaction to it uh, because the headline is really going to be, you know, lots of money, lots of change, lots of investment, lots of we focus. We can only needed. assume at this point, but it does really sound like that's going to be the case because unusually, and we were talking about this in the office yeah. today, is that this seems to be, there has been so much that has come out before the, yeah. the letter has even dropped. It's very unusual that we are asking for opinion from people and being given opinion from people who've clearly read it before anybody else has. Yeah. So it's trying to retain a level of waiting for what we can expect next week. But yeah, that kind of conversation will definitely come into it next week, for sure. There wasn't a huge amount of me out of the... uh uh, the sort of wind power meeting, it seemed to be just some people coming over, chatting to various people, you know, there's no idea of how you might go about it, how much it's going to cost, or, you know, what the best system sort of looks like. It was very sort of introductory at this stage. But uh, is, is this one of those prime examples, like, particularly for thinking about the group that arranged that, when government says they don't have the resources mm. to mm. do work, like, to get on with projects, to, to shift things through? Well, when we're spending staff time and politicians' time yeah. on, a, on an offshoot of a strategy that I just talking don't hot get air, it. yeah, oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't get how that's coming about at the moment. That's it crazy. seems like a strange timing as well. Yeah. yeah, politicians have their projects as well. You know, you might Very be sat on a committee. Their projects, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, which you know you can't blame them they, for having their projects. They might want to sell a full social housing, for instance, mm. and decide to explore that and spend a lot of staff time on that. We do have the housing strategy coming up this month as well. What's the strategies? Strategy, strategy, yeah. It's, mm. Mm. I'm not sure it's much comfort to anyone. Um, well, knowing that a strategy is coming up. Struggling, you know, with their bills, knowing that a strategy is coming up. You know, it might be well-intentioned, well-researched. Strategy yeah, the strategy, yeah. Strategy's coming. Um, well, I'll move on to me next then, so we can come around to you last today, Laura. I will only talk, I'll talk for a moment about Nothing particularly new this week on the hospital modernisation project, but it was something that we were invited along to. I managed to score an interview with Deputy Al Brouard, so that was brilliant, because I've been waiting to try and do that for a long time. Uh, so the media were all invited down to a briefing earlier this week uh, at the Princess Elizabeth Hospital to kind of just revisit what the hospital modernisation project phase two is, um, because we are coming up to this impossible choice for some anyway of choosing the education program over the hospital modernization project phase two and why i found it quite interesting is that it's it's very strange to have two competing projects be pushed through the same comms channel to the media to have because you have two committees both vying for a very specific and emotive 
project each and they have to get that message out through the same channels, I think makes it a very confusing optics for, for what we're meant to be. What are we meant to be going after here? What are we meant to be supporting? The people who work for the HSE will tell you it has to be the hospital. Yeah. The people who work for education tell you it has to be education. So um, I fully expect to see more of this coming up in the next few weeks. The capital projects debate will be coming up in a month and um, it's going to be very interesting, I think. Yeah, because uh, health have been more vocal so far, haven't they? As you said, they've been, there was the hospital presentation earlier this week. The MSG have also been yeah. using some of their senior um, surgeons and personnel this yeah. week as well to kind of voice their opinions that, you know, phase two has to happen. We're not seeing as much from education, personally. No. I don't think we're seeing you know, it pushed as much from education. Is that because education are already in that kind of favoured position where they are being suggested by PNR? Yeah. You know, this should happen as it is now. Probably. Um, but can they stuff. feel safe in that position? I think there's going to be a lot of support for HSC and for the hospital phase two. My gut feeling feels like HSC, but I, you know, you can't really mm. come when it comes down to a debate like this. The the house is a very yeah, fickle you know. beast so who knows yeah. we did hear a lot about education to begin with but that was because yeah. we had uh, deputy andrea dudley in for a podcast yes and she spoke for about 40 minutes and we'd covered a lot mm, about yes, education course, during yeah. that conversation um around that time as well they were doing press releases through yeah. states channels basically saying you know reiterating that all the buildings are unsuitable that uh but they've been saying this since yeah. i was at school they're trying to hammer and i think this is the point that makes me feel bad for the guernsey institute is that it's it, everyone's saying hospital school hospital school guernsey institute is not a school yeah. it, no. it's vocational and it mm. will train the next you know round of yeah. nurses construction workers mm. all these really important jobs and i think that's kind of getting lost and if if the project you know is isn't adopted by the states and they go with the hospital instead which is you know you know a reasonable and logical decision yeah. you know um it's just a shame for all those teachers and students because uh, skills and reskilling is so so important and improving productivity if we don't have tax rises so it's just uh, you know it is no it, one wins no one really but wins none of that can top the emotive arguments that hsc has no. and um, as the former HSC president, Heidi Soulsby, I was reading, um, she was in a, a Twitter conversation with um, other members of the public in Guernsey earlier on this week that I was reading. And within the phase two plans are things like the maternity wards, neonatal care, um, and I think a paediatrics ward. So even though Guernsey's got the ageing demographic that needs to be dealt with, which we're told hospital um, redevelopment is so vital you know, to, to kind of serve, um, you know, maternity, paediatrics and neonatal is all for the babies and the very young children. Mm. Um, and there are real concerns about those areas in the hospital at the moment, even in terms of, um, you know, just the logistics of if you're in the maternity ward, but you need to get to surgery. Yeah, that's you know, what they spoke about while I was there. So, yeah. so badly because it's all so old. Yeah. Um, Takes well, eight minutes to get from maternity to the theatre. Yeah which if you are needing to have an emergency yes. operation is a long time yeah i've been for an operation it is like a maze you know going from your ward to the, the like theater we lost yeah. half the media when we went there for the presentation <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> we were <laughs> we were given a tour of the hospital and we lost everybody yeah. halfway yeah, through I mean, the place is like a maze anyway <laughs> i don't know if that will change with the new bits being built on it but um 
But do you, you, you can't, I don't think that, okay, school buildings and post-16 education buildings being, we're told they're unfit for purpose, right? But a hospital life or death situation? It's a, it's a, difficult, it's yeah. a yeah. difficult one to fight against. But I'm simplifying it a lot there, I know. I, I wonder, like, from education's point, viewpoint, you've just got to persuade the assembly, don't you? Yeah. At this stage, like you can have all the debates you want in public, but what's really going to count is the votes on the day. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. We're, we're, yeah. we are at a stage where, and to be honest, the states members know all about the ins and outs of these projects. Yes. Yeah. And they will be yeah. being briefed inside and out yeah. as yeah. well as they make their case. So yeah. I, I suspect some of why we don't see much from education, A, that they, mm. they've got PR behind them. Yeah. But B, because I don't think they value the public debate as much as. No. Yeah. Or well, health need it at the moment. Yes. Right. Yeah. So, and health have got those emotive yeah. arguments they yeah. can make. Um, but I expect that we haven't. I mean, we've still got months to go. There'll probably be a tranche of amendments that come through that change the entire thing anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And try and make both yeah. happen. They'll try and tell <laughs> what exactly. They will try. I mean, I, the. But, but that yeah. then forgets it's, a, it's not. It's a capacity issue. Yeah. In the construction industry, yeah. it's not about oh, yeah. money necessarily. It is a bit about money, but mostly it's about capacity. Yeah. yeah. So, mm. yeah. It's an interesting one, so we'll yeah. wait to see what happens there. It's a, it's a sad one, actually. Actually, it yeah. is, yeah. Um, so, moving on to something a little brighter, I, I hope, Laura. <laughs> well, are you going to round us out with something well, lovely? I'm really pleased that um, a, a topic I've been working on for some time has finally been published with my adoption investigation. So, I'll leave that there and just say... <laughs> <laughs> That's all a, online if you would like to read that, yeah, everybody. Read that it's a big it's read. quite it's a long read. read. So do read yeah. that one, please. Um, but on lighter news, actually, um, I was really pleased to find and to read earlier that Doris and Betty are doing well in their... Oh, is this an update? ...in their fundraising walk. But I, I had a little look earlier, yes. Could so, you tell us who Doris and Betty are? So Doris yeah. and Betty are a pair of golden Guernsey goats, and they live at Whipsnade yeah. Zoo. And they've been given... I don't think they've had much say in it, but they've been given a challenge of walking as far as they can in during the month of June. Um, so they're being taken on their daily walks by their keeper um, and somehow they're measuring how far they've walked. And they do apparently about eight kilometres an hour, which is quite, you know. I do like to think these goats have like got garlands on and are yeah, uploading this to stride. Are they having a good time? Yeah, I'm, sure, I'm sure they are. There's apparently lots of things for them to see and smell and eat on their walks. Um, but they are competing against 10 pygmy goats who live yeah. at London Zoo. Um, and obviously each of their mileage will be added up. Um, but the pygmy goats obviously smaller, go yeah, slower, okay. yeah. so Doris and Betty are going a bit faster. Mm, um, so I got very, very invested in this <laughs> challenge earlier in the week with the goats. Oh, that's exciting. So what's the latest? You said there's a... Well, they only started yesterday. Right, okay. They haven't gone very far. Well, they've gone for a couple of laps, I guess, of their, their walking route. I wonder if they've been training them. Like, I mean, yeah. if it was me, I would take this very seriously. Yeah, I, would I not. know you would. <laughs> 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 I would think if a goat wanted to run, it would probably run quite fast and quite far, but also... But they don't know they're competing. Yeah, exactly. And so if a goat didn't want to walk around that, you know, route, Red, it's the... just going to stand still and eat the grass. Well, that it? was one of the comments when the comments was like, I was the, one of the tra- trainers or whatever, <laughs> handlers, was like, I'm a bit worried because there's a lot of grass around. Yeah, so <laughs> and so they might just get distracted. Yeah. So... Um, but at the end of the month, we'll have a look and see how far they've got. And so they're Guernsey goats. They're golden Guernseys. So they don't live in Guernsey. There are there are golden Guernseys in Guernsey. Um, if you go down 
Oh, from kind of St Peter's Church down towards the coast, there's the farm there that's got loads of golden guernseys in yeah. the field at the front, and they sell um, goat cheese and soap and all various bits and pieces. Okay, for um, there's a golden guernsey goat society over ah, here, and if you want go. to go to see there? the goats and shows and things and stuff, like that, yeah. like, wow. So, so golden yeah. guernseys are a very special breed, and they're at Doris and Betty are at Whipsnade Zoo. Fantastic. So keep an eye on that. Where one. is Whipsnade? I don't know. <laughs> there you go. In England. It's a goat sanctuary of some sort. Oh, it's a zoo. Oh, it's a zoo. Well, unless anyone has got anything else to say, should, we, should we call time there? Thank you very much for joining us again for this week's episode of Behind the Headlines. And read all about the electricity strategy next week. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to Behind the Headlines by the Bailiwick Express. The titled track was Vivid Intent by Arthur Basoff. You can sign up to our daily newsletter at bailiwickexpress.com and you can find us on all the usual social media channels.